Welcome to the Three to Ten Project. Two white, cisgendered males who've been friends for over 25 years, exploring race, gender, and education by talking through the intersection of our experiences with what we're reading, listening to, and thinking about. And most importantly, considering how to show up moving forward. It's a long-term commitment, three to 10 years of anti-racist culture building. I'm Mark. I'm Reed. Just a quick note on the name for this podcast. Three to 10 Project has been borrowed from Resma Menicum. You can learn more about this idea and about Resma at the link shared in the podcast description. Let's get to it. Yep, and that's Mark's footsteps. Turns out he is a bit more coherent when he is running. I can hear your footsteps, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. Out here doing about seven miles. Uh, for some reason, my dog didn't want to come with me today. I don't know what that means. And, uh, yeah, interestingly, you know, we've entered this new phase of COVID. And in theory, people are supposed to be masked in public at all times. My survey yesterday while running was that 0% of people... Maybe maybe one couple, I take that back. Maybe out of a dozen people, one or two had even attempted to put a mask on while passing, although it's very spread out, basically on other sides of the street. Um, and, you know, again, I saw maybe a dozen people in two hours. Um, just interesting to see that experience here yeah and i'm ready to chat how are you doing uh, good well on that point you know maine also just instituted a mandatory mask for in public places like maybe less than two weeks ago and i would say in my community i think people have been very good about the masks uh runners Uh too Uh, i i mean i would say close to most to 100% of people, it look, they, they've got something, like you can tell, and, and most of them pull it up as you go by them. But I've actually been a little bit surprised at the extent. In fact, I, I have a mask, but I don't always have it on. And I was sort of feeling like a little bit of pressure just to have it on so even cars going by knew I was complying. Uh, I don't know if it's right. like good, good social pressure, but, but I figured if there's no one within a quarter mile of me, I'm okay without it. All right, cool. Well, I just did it. <laughs> there you go. Um, the, the other thing, so, maybe related to that, this, this is not the focus of our talk today, I think, but since we did talk last, there has been an election, and we even have, it looks oh like, <laughs> a result. <laughs> Although the, the current president doesn't want to admit this, but it seems like most of the most of the rest of the world has acknowledged that uh, we are going to have a transition in power here. Uh, so that's been a big change since our last talk. Yeah, and I think you know it'll be interesting to talk about as we go, especially on this podcast about the impact on education. I mean. It could be pretty intense where we're going from a, like, super private market-based person who's, like, you know, a billionaire, kind of like everything you wouldn't want in a public education secretary of education, and then could be going to literally, they're talking about, like, union president as the next secretary of education. So, wow, who knows what we're going to see happen. It will give us lots to talk about, I 
think that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you sent me a video. Yeah. Tell me what what you want to chat about today. Frame it. Sure. Absolutely. So I got a bit of a gift last week in that it's not my usual experience that interactions that I have with anybody, but certainly with interactions that I have around race actually get recorded. Uh, but that did happen last week. And it seemed like too much of an opportunity to not uh, take a chance to try to process that with you. And really uh, the, the kind of focus question or the simple question, I would, I would go into this and I'll frame what we're talking about in a second here, but sort of in the context of these conversations we're having, what can I learn? What can I learn from this little interaction that was captured during a, a webinar I was leading last week. Because I think there's probably things I can learn about myself and about my thinking and about my response, uh, maybe about my planning for things. There's, there's lots of directions we can go, but um, I, I would love to have you help me think and learn a little bit from the interaction. So to frame what happened, we as an organization, my organization has started to do these roughly monthly open webinars free on different topics that seem to be relevant. It's fairly new territory for us. I happen to be on the team of people that's coordinating these. The one that we offered last week, I ended up doing uh, most of the planning and most of the presenting for. It was an hour and 15 minutes. And it was really framed around uh, a couple concepts, this idea of discourse one and discourse two, and then this idea of non-discussables, things that aren't being talked about in schools. And then there was, there was, a, uh, there was some framing and a few tools that uh, I presented and a few places for people to put things in the chat. And then there, the second part of the, of the session was meant to be small group discussions framed around that idea of non-discussables, what kinds of things aren't being talked about in schools and why. And about, uh, there were over a hundred people that joined. So it was about 25 minutes or really close to a half an hour of presenting mostly on my part. And then we were about to break into small groups where people could talk about this non-discussables when a participant jumped in and asked, he could ask a question and we ended up having a little bit of back and forth. So anyway, that, that's the framing of what happened. And yeah, you know, listen to the clip. I want to think about in your context, right? What are the non-discussables? What are things that are on your mind that get talked about in small groups or away from the school or away from the principal, but that aren't brought up and openly engaged with um, in, in thoughtful, um, sort of intentional ways. To think about what those might be in your school, your community, your context, and take a few minutes, or not a few minutes, a, a minute or so, if you have, the, have an opportunity to kind of think about, so, what would be the value in actually trying to talk about those things in some ways? Hey, Reed. Yes. Can I ask a question? Sure. When I was talking to a principal about an incident that happened, he said to me that he's a white man. He said to me, he said, Luis, the way that middle-class white people deal with race issues is we don't talk about them. So I feel like, like this question about what are non-discussables is like loaded. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's a real question or not. You know what I mean? Sure. So, because just like white people think that, you know, we're all related, we feel the same way. Like that concept that that white man said to me, I feel that you're in on it with him too. You know what I'm saying? So is that, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's like, I don't know what the, 
what the idea behind this question is when there's an understanding amongst middle-class whites that the best thing to do with issues of race is not to discuss them. So Luis, all I would say, and I, I would encourage you when we get into the small group in a few minutes, maybe your group can, can dive into this in a little more specifics, but I think that concept of things don't get discussed is fundamentally what we're trying to challenge and trying to think about if, if that is sort of the cultural expectation in a space that you're in, um, how do we challenge that? Because if that is the case, we're not gonna move forward on the issues that we're talking about. So I don't have an easy response about how to do that, but those are the conversations that we want each person to think about in their space of how they can start doing that. And so- Well, I'm gonna tell you, brother, that for me, I'm gonna tell you why I asked that question. Sure. Because any time that there is a discussion about race, and I'm saying this with love, it's not to offend anyone or to, you know, I want to, we, we want to have this discussion, right? Isn't that what this is about, Reed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying is, I know what you're saying. I know what the question is. Whoever, whoever the author of these non-discussables was, I understand the question, right? but I don't understand the intent of that question. You know what I'm saying? Because it's gotten to the point that, you know, we're suspicious about like the intentions of questions like this. What's gonna happen when we bring this topic up, these non-discussables? There's some people on this thing today that know that when I raised an issue in the past, it was handled in a very uh, aggressive way, you know what I'm saying? So for all the all the black and brown people on this call, they probably share the same sentiment that I'm sharing with you. Mm. We don't know how serious this question is in terms of us. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at it from my perspective, Reed, not yours, from where I'm sitting at. Right. So I just wanted to share that with you, brother. I appreciate that, Luis. And I, and I would say just briefly as you know, as a white man, I'm not expecting um, that anybody should march into a situation um, which is going to put themselves in, in danger or, or not forward um, the, the work they, they feel they need to do. Um, and so in some, in some sense, I think everyone has to decide what, what can you raise? This is not about going in the school tomorrow and uh, suddenly saying, guess what we have to talk about? Um, it may be for some people, but not for others. And I'm not, I'm asking each person to think about what makes sense for themselves. And maybe that you're, you know, maybe you're not the person to raise that because you've already done that work and someone else needs to step up and do that. Well, you know, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of the comments that are coming in brother. And, you know, this is an issue that it doesn't matter for me, I'm 60, right? So it doesn't matter if I say things that make people uncomfortable to the point where they fire me, because to me, that's the expected response. You know what I'm saying? I expect to be fired by white people when I say things that make them feel uncomfortable, that may be true to me, but not true for them. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I have to take that step and make that sacrifice. Hopefully they will be willing to engage in some meaningful conversation about how we can change. But the fact is, brother, even with this training today, I see a white man in front of me, right? And the stuff that was the discussables and the non-discussables, whose theory is that? You know what I'm saying? So for me, brother, like a lot of other people, um, we always question the sincerity of these trainings especially when we're not part of the conversation in terms of what the training is going to be like. We had training from another agency before about trauma, but all the people that were there were middle-aged white women that were terrified to talk about racial trauma, which is the type of trauma that our students are more susceptible to. You know what I'm saying? So even picking the subject, we want to be part of that too, Reed. You know what I mean, brother? 
I don't Thank want to you. take over your training. I'm just expressing what a lot of other black and brown people want to say to you, but they won't because they're afraid for their families and their job. I don't have that concern. You know, I'm a cacique. I'm a king. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to speak my mind, brother, because I have to open doors because when I open a door for my people, I'm opening a door for you and your people. Because the same lie that white people told black and brown people, they told themselves. And we all have to heal from that, brother. And thank you for allowing me to speak. Well, thank Peace. you for Peace, speaking. Brother. Yeah, no, Peace, I, appreciate, I appreciate. So let's make sure um, that uh, you perhaps have an opportunity to continue that a bit. I'm, I'm listening and processing what you said. Appreciate your feedback. Um, let's engage everyone in some level of conversation um, in the next 25 minutes. I listened to the clip and I'd like to talk about it, but actually I think it makes sense. What came up for me, a lot of things came up for me and um, I think I also had a chance to debrief it with my wife, Jana, get her perspective so I can bring that in a little bit. But I think what's important here is to go backwards. Say, there was a very clear plan to this webinar and the topic, and I just want to understand more how that topic was picked who picked it? You know, how that was all decided. Who came up with this plan? And yeah, give the context around that. Yep. So we wanted to do something. How was it picked? Who's we? Who's we? Yeah. So there's a small team, there's a team of basically five people that are coordinating the these events and we are to various extents kind of crowdsourcing to the whole organization of about 25 people sort of brainstorming and thinking about what would be relevant and we aren't even far enough along to you know in, in the survey for this event we asked what kind of things would you like to hear in the future but we haven't had enough of these to even ask that to, to pass attendees so the idea for the event, we have a bigger event coming up on uh, about racial equity in December. Uh, that's a kind of a thing that's being offered. It, it's bigger in that it's longer and more intensive. I'm not planning that. It's something that's being organized by other people. We've done it before. Um, but we thought, oh, but we know there's, there has been a lot of interest in talking about equity, equity issues, particularly around race. And so the thinking was, oh, we should do something that uh, taps into that, people's interest and desire to be talking about that, and also makes sense as a lead into this larger event. So this specific uh, one hour thing became an hour and 15. I wasn't sure, I was sort of tasked just as the person that would kind of come up with some ideas. So I reached out to the woman who is leading the larger three hour session in December. And I said, can you chat, can we chat about either things you won't have time to do in that session or things that could be good to lead into that? She and I, she's a black woman. She and I um, sat down and essentially she was looking through materials that really have been created by the National Equity Project that we've had trainings done by. And she suggested basically the framework of the session. And uh, I said, that makes sense. And then from there, I ended up doing most of the design work just in terms of like, okay, if we're gonna bring up these topics, if we're gonna use a few different um, uh, tools that, that, that she thought would make sense, I sort of figured out how, how to, how to organize it. And then I had a session with an open opportunity with about maybe six or seven of my colleagues who were available to talk through the plan. And when we did, I will say, when we did that talk through, like who was available or who, who decided to jump in on that talk about three days before the event, 
Um, I'm just off the top of my head. I think it was probably entirely white staff. Most of our staff is white, um, but that talk was that uh, tuning of the session was entirely white. And then I was pretty much on my own for planning and then running the session. I did have uh, a black man who was the chat moderator in for, for you know kind of watching the chat and jumping in on uh, chat. So he was the other person that was. Uh, whose voice was heard during the webinar, but really pretty briefly. Mostly it was me talking the whole time or the small group when people were talking with each other. Does that make sense? So, yeah, that's great. Uh, and since the event has occurred, have you debriefed with anyone in your organization? So after the after the session ended immediately, there were about eight of us that were able to debrief. Uh, and then there also, there was, um, we did do a survey. We've had about 36 people respond to that. So I've been able to look at that. I'll say from the debrief, I'll, I'll just share two, two of my quick takeaways from the debrief or, or in general. Um, one was we probably need to, one thing we could do well is better frame sort of our position uh, or, 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 or the presenter frame his or her position kind of coming into the sessions in terms of our thinking about why are we talking about these things and maybe specifically uh, naming, you know, for example, if it's about race, sort of naming like, what is the racial framework I'm kind of working from? Like, hey, I'm, you know, if I'm a white man, am I, what am I thinking and expecting of our participants? Is this session designed for white educators? Is it designed for everyone? So trying to get a little clearer about both our thinking and framing, uh, uh, you know, and, and being clear internally maybe better about that. So there, there's that and being a little more explicit about um, the fact that we're at least thinking about those things or considering or maybe figuring out if we're not. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing that was interesting, just not so much about the debrief, but maybe as a follow-up, is that in, in the moment, and then a couple things afterwards, um, a few people reached out. I don't know if they were worried about how I was feeling, um, but a couple people reached out to say, hey, I thought you did a good job of listening there, but also moving things along and handled that well. So I did have a couple people in the organization that did uh, say that, um, which I think might just be worth, worth mentioning for whatever, you know, whatever reason. And the woman that helped you pick the topic initially, has she weighed in on it? No, she didn't, she didn't, she wasn't able to participate in the, uh, in the thing and um i haven't you know we haven't chatted about it and so i don't know that necessarily yeah i mean I, I i don't know like it wouldn't necessarily be our usual thing to i mean i could talk to her um but it you know wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be a thing where i would go back to her for any reason but please so there's two things that i think are coming up one is you know, the debrief, we should debrief how you responded and, you know, what you learned from that or, and kind of also what you learned from what Luis said, you know, what, how you interpreted that both in the moment and now upon reflection. But let's table that for a moment and just bring up the reason I wanted all the context and asked about this question of have you brought it back to the woman that hoped Foreman in the first place. I just wonder in retrospect, like it does seem like as if I was listening and listening with Jana, I kind of first impulse was, wait a minute, why is this not an affinity group? This is not an appropriate topic for, you know, without being in a white affinity group. Because the experience that people have about, which is really what Luis brought up, it's like, look, this is not the same 
for a white person to say, I'm going to talk or not talk about these things as it is a person of color. And it's just, you know, it seems like, I'm not sure I would say inappropriate, but like not the best. In retrospect, was it the, uh, a good decision from both either a topic or a structure point of view? And I'd be very interested to hear what um, the person that helped you pick it would say about that. What do you think about that? I think it's definitely worth me asking her. The, the, so yes, I think you're right on lots of fronts. And I hadn't thought about that at all going into it. But of course, obviously, that was that was what I was thinking. And here, so here's an interesting angle on this. Part of me may have been colored by my initial. So my initial, like, just by myself idea, as I started to think, like, what could we offer, was my initial idea was more like, hey, maybe we could offer something for white. Like, it, I was thinking of a more of a tighter audience. Something for white educators, probably in predominantly white schools, but that want opportunities to think and talk um, a little bit more about just broadly issues. Now, this was not designed to be specific, didn't have to be about race, uh, but obviously that comes up. But I think in my mind, I was still planning and thinking like, I'm a white guy leading a discussion for white people. I think that's true. I think I had a little bit of that framing still stuck in my mind. And so my perspective of what these conversations were wasn't taking into account the reality that, A, there would be people of color, like even on our, even on our call, and that there wouldn't be very many of them. So they, they would be, they'd be in the minority. So when we broke into discussion groups, yes, there would be some people of color, and they might be the only person in their group which added, you know, which adds its own thing. And then there's the separate question, which I really think Luis was talking about just as much, which is forget about this call. What about when we go back and try to have conversations in other settings where he was saying, I've already been shut down, you know? So, but I will, yeah, yeah, I'll follow up with her. I I, I do want to, you know, I want to bring, now that we're, we're talking about it, like, I think I could learn something from the woman that helped, you know, originally frame and, and think this through and, and see kind of what her perspective would, would be on that. She's leading, you know, she's gonna be leading other sessions where they're gonna be going uh, more deeper, but those are also gonna be groups of mixed people that she doesn't know, right? The signing up for this stuff. So she will likely need to be prepared for thinking about that and has led some of that. So I could probably learn some things from her. Yeah, so that's great. I think, to me, the, you know, more important even than, like, how you handle this in the moment or what we actually said, uh, both important and relevant, is the plan in the first place, the assumptions ahead of time, and the paradigms or frameworks that you're working with that would even lead that situation to occur. Um, and obviously always easier to figure it out after the fact. But I, yeah, um, it seems like that seem, your approach of reflecting and now of speaking with the woman that helped you plan in the first place seems really good. And I'd be really interested in a new next episode to hear what she says and her thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think we could kind of move on more to what we said and how you responded. So I'd like to ask you two questions. You know, one is, and you could interweave your answers or answer in whatever order makes sense. Like number one. What did you think about what we said? How did you 
how do you make sense of it? What do you think he was saying? What's the, you know, what do you think he meant? And both kind of in the moment and upon reflection. And then what is, um, and then also like, you know, how do you feel about what you said in the moment as you reflect on it? How might you, what you might you do differently if you had time to think about it more? So yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't know, even now, this, your second question of what, how I would respond differently, I'm still, I'm not sure about that, but maybe talking through the first part will get me to a deeper part of that. In terms yeah, of sure. what did I hear and kind of what did I think about what Luis was saying, there were, I think in the moment, and I have rewatched it, I heard a couple things. So I think one thing I definitely heard is, what what is your intent with asking us these questions? And my interpretation was he was saying, you're asking us to raise difficult things, but I don't think you want us, you being white people in charge, maybe posing the questions, either as school leaders or a person leading this webinar, I don't think you actually want honest, open answers about race from a black man. And uh, so th that's kind of what I'm in, that it's, and I heard him say that uh, he, wants, he wants us to recognize the challenge of that. He was specifically raising it because he felt other people might not raise it, but are in that difficult position. And that as a, you know, a, a, an elder, right? An older person who has some experience and, and, and uh, is not, uh, doesn't wanna uh, be, a, is, is not afraid of the consequences, wants to kind of get out there and, and push people, uh, push white people to, say, you know, what's your point? What, what, do you, what are you really open and willing to talk about? And do you realize that a lot of people aren't open and willing to talk about? So I guess that's sort of the main thing I was hearing. Um, you know, it's not easy just to say, hey, what are the things that are not discussable? Let's start talking about them. That's dangerous. And actually, I don't even think you want to hear the real answer. Okay. And when... So what was the gist? I mean, we've listened to what you've said, how you responded, but how would you summarize what you are trying to say without re-saying it all? What was your yeah. point in response to what he said? Well, I was a couple things. Um, so let's be honest. Part of my point was to end, I was, I was still in a framework of like, we need to move on, right? I wasn't in a framework uh -huh. of, oh, maybe this is redirecting the direction of this discussion, right? Or this work. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so part of me was, <laughs> so this is like, we can talk about white supremacy culture and agendas. We were right on time. Um, and I had been nervous about that because when we've done things in the past, people have, have generally been very enthusiastic and come to these sessions for the smaller group conversations. And yeah. I wanted to make sure we had enough time for that. And we were right on time. And so it's important to understand that in the back of my mind, I was like, oh man, the clock is ticking. Elise and I are having this exchange, which matters, but there are a hundred people that I want to make sure have an opportunity to get into conversations. Uh, so that was one thing. Another thing was, I felt like I I didn't want to, nor did I have a good uh, kind of response. Like I wasn't going to bring value or understanding necessarily to myself or everyone else by starting to try to explain or engage deeply on my end with him. Like to try to to try to uh, unpack. I wasn't prepared to try to unpack more like what he was saying or try to paraphrase it 
or try to go deeper because I wasn't sure, A, that I really would know how to do that well, or B, that other people would would find that valuable. Now that might have actually been really valuable, right? Like the whole, there's another angle this could go, which is where we say, wait a minute, we're changing the direction of this session right now. Let's yeah. use this opportunity to have a go. If, Luis, do you wanna engage in this? Um, there was the there was there is the option to like change directions right put brakes on like hey learning experience for everybody if you want to engage let's talk about this but I was not I did not have a framework for how I was going to do that with a hundred people um, and so I I tried to say I hear you um, and let's you know hopefully people can can dive into this in small groups if, if that's appropriate. Yep. Um, okay, that's helpful. So, you know, here's my, top, you know, top of mind thoughts as well as having thought about it a little bit already. Um, you know, one is certainly empathize with the position of, you know, being caught maybe off guard, meaning like not prepared and, you know, feeling an obligation to the to the group on the call and just kind of stuck in the, you know, hey, this isn't the plan. I gotta get back to the plan. And that kind of culture, a culturization of our own ways of operating. So here's, here, now this is, I recognize like easy for me to say this, especially with tons of time to think about it. So here's a few things to do individually or you could have done all of them. One would be say, you know what? You're raising an important point. And frankly, you know, as I think about what you're saying, it seems like, you know, it's making me reflect on, A, is it appropriate for me as a white man to even be leading this discussion? And B, hey, maybe, this was not an appropriate topic. Like just taking responsibility for that right in the moment. And, not, and I'm not saying you need to have said that, but that that certainly seems reasonable. Um, does that make sense? One thing, I have some other yes. thoughts. The other is- no, I hear that. This just came, came to me as you were talking I wonder if you could have said something like, there's clearly a gap or in what I was thinking around this, you're bringing up a hugely important topic. Frankly, I'm not prepared to switch gears, but that's like, seems like a possibility in this moment. Can you and I go into the chat, into the group? Let, we'll let other people move into their groups but could you and I go into our own group? And I, I just want to talk a little bit about this and see, you know, how to, how we might bring it back um, to the larger group now or in the future. So I'm curious, like how that idea lands with you about like inviting him into dialogue and, you know, off with the, uh, the opportunity maybe to like, hey, you have something important to say. I want to hear this. I want to talk to you. And then we can figure out what to do about about this. What do you think about that? So that would have been, that's, I really wish we had done that. I have to say, in retrospect, I did. So an idea that did come to me afterwards was, oh, I should have said, please put Luis in my group. As it turned out, he wasn't in my group. Um, but uh, I, I did think, oh, I, I should have done that. But actually your idea is, I think would have been more powerful, which would be, and of course you'd wanna make sure Luis wanted to do that, but but, a, but more of a one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, so not a group so that we can kind of talk about what was planned, but having him in there, but more, let me touch base with you. One thing I just want to acknowledge that comes up for me is I do think also that could backfire in that situation. And so 
someone saying like, oh, yeah? So you just want to move me off and kind of silence me. You don't want what I have to say to be heard by everyone. Um, and so I just want to acknowledge that that could be an interpretation of that type of request. Yeah. So just something to be aware of. Okay, so what's your plan? Well, but back to that point, that's where I would have wanted to think, like, even now, like, making sure, like, is that what Luis wants? Um, right, like I think exactly, actually, right. As facilitator, I should have said, I think this would have been appropriate, let's have Luis in my group, right? Because the groups were random. Um, and so he and I just had this exchange. Even if we were still going into a group, it seems to me it would have been an acknowledgement of, hey, you and I just engaged. Let's at least continue that level. Um, but I do think, right, I wouldn't want to suddenly dictate, like, he now has to do a one-on-one -on -one with me. So there's somehow you gotta you gotta navigate that. My my lighter plan, which now you're making me think. I mean, I was planning to send him a, an email. I don't know him at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do have his email address. I was gonna just send him an email that said that I appreciated that he spoke up. I've been thinking and trying to learn from that. And I was originally just gonna kind of say that, uh, but now you're making me think that what I think I'll add in that is just an invitation that if he would like to connect with me. If he wants to connect with me one-on-one, -on -one, I'd be happy to uh, listen and, and talk with him a little bit more. Do you think that would be a good idea? What I, I do it a little differently, but, you know, this is what's just coming up to me right now, which is, you know, most of what you just said, except, you know, Luis, no pressure and I know this isn't your job, but I'd really like to talk more. Like you, you, what you said was important. I've been thinking about it a lot and I'd really like to talk more with you, but I recognize that you may not want to. And I, it absolutely, you know, no pressure, but I'd like to, you know, if, if you're open, you know, I'd love to talk and, you know, feel if you want to bring anyone else with you to that conversation, whatever, may, whatever works for you. But like, I'm, I'm very interested in talking to you. Again. I think that's a different frame. What do you think about that? Yes. I think that, that that's the frame. I think we have to be thinking about all the time now because we're trying not to get into this, oh good, find the black person that can tell me what to do kind of thing. And then again, asking them to do the teaching. Um, so, I, 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 and you know, it's not anyone's responsibility. It's not his responsibility to help me learn. So the way you said that, I, I, I think the way you said that, it sounds like the best way to kind of say, um, to, to provide an invitation or an opportunity that he can engage in in the way he wants, if he wanted to. Like that idea, I hadn't thought about that, but that idea of like, do you want to have anyone else jump in on this? Um, or to decline or ignore and be fine with that. Right. Um, right. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And um, I, what we haven't talked about, I'm just curious, and maybe it's not really appropriate or necessary, just more curiosity, is what the response, like the other people in your team that witnessed, you know, were on the webinar and or helped you plan it, like, what did they think? Yeah, they, I, again, we didn't have a long debrief. We didn't get, a, they, they thought it gave us some thinking about work that better pre-planning and framing we could do, but that's all we talked about, what I said. So I don't, I mean, I have the smaller team meeting on Tuesday, so this conversation is going to help me prepare for that and, and maybe say a little more, but I don't know if most of them thought 
very deeply about. I don't know how deeply they've been thinking about it, other than okay, that happened. Um, yeah, we should we should do stuff to make sure it doesn't quite. We 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 avoid those situations in the future, I guess, or or better respond to them. But that's that's all I know. I mean, that's all the conversation I've had with people. So I want to. So I'm gonna push on this for a second of like, right. So one response is, okay, what can we do differently so that doesn't happen? What can we do differently when that happens? But really, what I'm not hearing is that guy. Louis had like a really important point that was you know like a big deal for him to bring up in this group of like what are y'all white people doing what are you even talking about you're you're talking about non-discussables you have no idea what you're talking about that that's fine and good for white people in school environments that um that uh let me say I was saying where you know maybe there's minimal talk anyway so a little more talk might you know feel like oh we're doing something but what he's saying is like you guys are like tone deaf right now like for black and brown people this is not at all the issue the issue is that white people don't want to listen and that there's retribution if you say something. That's an issue. And that seems like the issue that should be addressed, not how do we do this differently so we don't have to hear what this person said or move on from it quickly. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I guess I would characterize that you know, I was sort of a little flippant when I said, like, how do we not have it happen again? I think my indication is that a couple people, including at least one of my partners on the on this main planning team, definitely heard that that we were a little tone deaf in even thinking about how we're framing this and what we're talking about. And we haven't gotten into, I think, the discussion of what did people really hear? And I'll be interested to hear. Everybody on... Um, smaller team was on the call and I, I I think taking some time to talk about this I, I actually want to give I want to hear what they how they process this a little more deeply before I jump to conclusions about the extent to which they yeah. they aren't thinking about some of this stuff because um, I think yeah. they might be but I I agree with what you're saying and let's what what makes me wonder more is not so much that small group discussion but what it is informing about our our larger work and everybody else, right? Everybody else on the in in the organization. So some people saw yeah. a bunch of people saw that interaction and were were sort of part of that because they were on the call or on the on the event, but uh -huh. won't naturally be part of any follow-up or discussion or whatnot. So the question one question for me yeah. is. There you go. Is this a starting point? Is this a starting point for other conversations we have as a larger group about the work we're doing, like you mentioned earlier, um, the the thought we're putting into the types of uh, opportunities we're offering people, why we're thinking those are the right thing, and how those things um, are are furthering or not some of these principles that we think we're fighting for. Good. Yeah, it seems like this okay. could be a bit of an inflection point for the organization. I mean, who knows? But using it as an opportunity for dialogue within the organization. I had one other question just out of curiosity. So you're, it was a Zoom webinar? Like, can yeah. people put yeah. things in chat during it? Yes, yes. And so were people, did any chats come through to everyone? while Luis was talking or after yes that yes. were relevant and, and what were those like there were um several chats that were uh encouraging and thanking Luis for speaking up and for uh you know there were there were sort of the ch chats that were like i hear you Luis uh thank you for raising this so there were probably at least a half a dozen um there may have been more because i was of course 
wasn't just I wasn't really right. looking closely at the chat, but there were supportive comments in the chat. One other thing I did hear from a couple of the facilitators, you know, my my colleagues in the debrief, that that their small group conversations had felt rich and valuable and good, and a, and, and a couple of people commenting that. They thought that Luis's comments had led to some rich discussion in the small group. Right. Um, so I think uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about this, and will, you know, look forward to sharing my own couple stories that have come up lately about white supremacy culture um, and kind of my own. Uh, buy-in to it. Uh, so maybe save that for another day. And uh, I don't know, usually close things out is now the right closing time. I think it is. I, I have a number of next steps. I have more next steps than I usually have coming out of this, but this is actually really yeah. a rich, rich opportunity for me to, to push and learn and grow. So I hope our next call we can come back to some of this and I can talk about what I did or didn't do, what I learned or didn't learn. Um, and then we can get into how that relates to the stories you want to tell. So I look forward to that. Great. Me too. Have a great Sunday. Okay. You too. Stay safe and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye. We want to send great appreciations for listening to the 3 to 10 project episode 8 i understand the question but i don't understand the intent and thanks to random chiz for our original theme music